hello, this is Jonathan Steele coming to you with my new episode. Could you be more specific? Coming to you through the Stay Well podcast. And on this episode, I want to title this until further notice. Uh, and on this episode, what I want to address is the recent news that's going on with R. Kelly and some of the new information that's been coming out with him in regards to some of his situations that are going on legally and also the new campaign that's out against him in regards to his career. And then I also want to touch on what Gail King and what she had to say in relation to the Me Too uh, movement and how that and how those stories kind of correlate. So I'm going to start off talking about the recent news with R. Kelly. I know it's a campaign that's been made to kind of uh, disassociate yourself with R. Kelly from his music and this boycott. What's interesting with him is that, you know, his past in terms of how he's been viewed is now been kind of known of for like 15 years. Ever since really that 03, 02 window, we've kind of been having a weird relationship with R. Kelly. And a lot of it is because uh, the kind of music he's made, I know he's made some of the best music that's been made, especially early on in his career, but even now his music is still still well-received, especially in regards to the black community. He's still well-received overall. Now, I know that's kind of changed lately, especially in a lot of the recent news with him, but I do think it's interesting now with this new uh, Mute R. Kelly uh, movement that's going on against him because this one seems like it's really picking up steam. In particular with R. Kelly, one of the things that I think is really fascinating about him is that R. Kelly really knows who he is. And like you don't really see people like that, especially in today's time, because most people, when something incriminating happens, they quickly apologize and they back down. Uh, R. Kelly is one of the handful of people I've ever seen where they still stand true in what they are, who they, in what they're about. And people still throw shots at him, but it's hard to make someone feel bad when they don't feel bad about something themselves. And uh, the only people I can really think of in terms of that have been able to do that successfully are really right off top of my head is Donald Trump, R. Kelly, Floyd Mayweather, and from a corporation standpoint, Chick-fil-A. Those are like some of the most recent examples where I can look at that, wow, these are a particular brands and entities that they're not going to let the mass majority dictate how they move. And that's not to say I agree with any of their moves, but it's just like you respect them on the sense of if you can stand true in your conventions, then why can I stand true in mine? You know, it's very compelling to watch, but they are doing it through the, the, this new campaign. They're doing it the way that, you know, a lot of times is effective. They're going after him financially, they're going after promoters that book him for shows and then going after, you know, radio stations to stop playing his music I mean, you can do that. I mean, but R. Kelly is such an artist where he can still create a, you know, I've never been on a website with him, but he can create a website. He can put out music through that. He'll still be able to book venues. It'll still be a promoter if they have a spot that he can go to and and people will still come and pay to see him. It hasn't died out. I remember a Boondocks episode touched on that with R. Kelly is that, you know, black people's love of R. Kelly is very strong overall. And it's because of the type of artist he's been. Obviously, if he's actually, you know, abusing young girls, that's not something I would be behind or subscribe to. I know what really hurts him personally is him marrying Aaliyah. And that, to me, when that happened at that time, especially at the age she was at, 
that was the first red flag. Is like he's marrying a 14, 15 year old girl. Like how did that get? How was that you know approved? So ever since then, when that happened, that's when that really big red flag kind of went off with R. Kelly. But again, like he didn't you know go get too upset about that because you know he ended up putting out you know I believe I can fly and you know and then all of a sudden he puts out I wish and you know it's. R. Kelly, you know, was consistently made really good music. And but uh, in regards to the Me Too founder, I believe her name is Tarina Burke, kind of going at him in this way. You know, it's momentum behind their campaign because of the the recent news with, with Bill Cosby. But one of the things I think that correlates really well to that is what Gail King said about trusting due process. And that's a very dangerous precedent to set that, yes, once someone makes an accusation, we got to keep it there. It's an accusation. You just can't, you know, leave it there and say, well, then this person should immediately not be allowed to work. They should be immediately discarded because what you've done when you when you do that is that you've eliminated due process and you don't really trust your platform. You really don't. I mean, for people to just immediately jump to that conclusion and then for you to even mention that you're immediately attacked for saying, like, hey, can we uh, just go through the process first? People get really upset about that. They're like, well, why do you think I would make this up? It's like, well, gee, uh, if you believe what you're saying, then we'll just go through this and it should check out. You know, not everything that comes out of somebody's mouth is uniformly believed to be true. There's people that are going to be listening to this podcast that don't believe what I'm saying is true. And that's fine. And I would be more than comfortable to speak with you about it. And we can go over that. And if I stand corrected on some points, then I'll stand corrected. Because I'm not interested in in, in having uh, my 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 convictions be proven to be true. I just want to get my facts straight. So I thought what uh, Gail King said in regards to that was very, very meaningful and very smart that to remind people like this is how this thing is supposed to go. And Me Too kind of was you know it, it started off really really hot, especially around the times earlier this year with the uh, award shows with the Oscars and. And then it started to dissipate when some of the stories that were coming out, especially in regards to the one within season sorry hit, because when that got grouped up into a Me Too situation, it was like and Ashley Banfield, who's a credible journalist, was like, wait a minute, this is a bad date. This isn't a a rape situation. He he didn't force himself on you. You know, and then that's when the error kind of started to go out a bit. And Ashley Banfield at the time, she took heat from a lot of women for saying that what she was doing was hurting the movement. She was like, no, what's hurting the movement is if we have inaccurate facts or inaccurate claims being brought to an issue that that they don't match up. That's what hurts the movement. It's not me questioning it. It's when a claim is being made on this particular issue that is not deemed to be so. That's what hurts issues. And it did. It, it hurt a lot of those. I think um, in light of that, you know, I think for myself personally, I always just try and keep that in mind that I want to make sure that no matter who it is, I know we have an affinity to a lot of people, especially in the public eye. You got to remember, like, you you always got to stay loyal to principle over people. And that's really hard to do because a lot of times people are mostly loyal to people. But then when they have, you know, a. an issue or a hashtag or anything like that they that they support, they feel like they have to uniformly support it. I'm all for 
the Me Too movement in regards to outing sexual predators and reporting sexual assault victims because it's a new, uh, I believe, HBO documentary. I got to follow up on it to check for sure. I think it's called I Am Evidence, where it discusses multiple, multiple accounts of women being raped and and there's no follow-ups. Reports are not being um, submitted, even to the point where records are not even being, you know, uh, reviewed. And it's a it's a document that I got to really watch for sure. I remember um, Mariska Hargitay, who's on uh, Law & Order SVU. I believe she's on that documentary. She's uh, actually doing a lot of work behind the scenes in regards to sexual assault victims. So this is a real issue. And this is something that happens a lot. And in regards to that, like, we got to be really careful then when we're addressing those issues that we, we keep that in mind. With Art Kelly, uh, the idea of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, especially for a guy at his age being 51, that's really weird. But that's not necessarily legal. Now, based off this recent investigation, if it is proven that, you know, it is a cult, which, you know, no one really knows for sure, or... um if it is a living situation where either some of these girls have either signed, you know, non-disclosure contracts or or they get paid to stay there, that'll end up probably sorting itself out in the, in the coming days and weeks. But until that kind of comes in and that's really laid out for sure, it's kind of hard to 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 make a complete uh, assessment of R. Kelly. Now, with that being said, like, you know, R. Kelly's not innocent here. I mean, he did an interview with Teray on BET where Torrey was just giving him softball questions like, Hey, you know, or, or do you try and stay away from teenagers in so many words? And he says, I have some teenage friends. Now the pro of that, I guess you could say from a, an interview standpoint was that at no point in that interview did Torrey ever shame Art Kelly. But from Art Kelly's viewpoint and from the viewpoint of say of people who handle crisis management and public relations, in order for him to maintain innocence, he can't show guilt in that moment. So for him to say something as odd as, yes, I have some teenage friends, as weird as that is, in his in a delusional way, it does maintain this facade like, oh, no, I'm a normal dude. I don't know where these stories are coming from. I'm oblivious to this, whether that's true or not. But he did a great job of selling that. I still think that's weird. Because if I was him and I'm as successful as he is and I'm a multimillionaire, I'm not really into hanging out with 18 and 19 year olds. That's just not really, you know, my ideal, especially if I was at his standpoint and his position in life. Hanging around kids is not my my idea of a good time. But that's something that, you know, apparently that's always been linked to him. So it is going to be interesting to kind of see how some of these things unfold with R. Kelly. In regards to Gail King and what she said about the Me Too movement, I think it would be wise of them to want to keep this door open in terms of having a dialogue and wanting to emphasize that we do believe in due process. We want to support the court system. We do believe that people have a right to still share their stories, but we've got to make sure that we vet these issues out no matter what the allegations or claims are. And whatever we can do to help support these women in regards to some of these claims will be there for them. And that's not and, and that's not them, you know, now kowtowing to people for saying like, hey, well, you guys are backing down and you're letting people run over your, your movement. They're not doing that. They're offering assistance to the women that are actually going through these situations. But at the same time, 
the reserving judgment, because once you get publicly shamed and convicted publicly, it's hard to get out of that. Because no matter how those things turn out, in the end, you'll always be guilty to a certain segment of society. And, and that's the thing that's kind of really disturbing, because if going back to the thing with Aziz, when that was the overall consensus that it was a bad date and he just didn't read verbal cues good. No one said anything. It just was a story that went away. But it's always going to be a segment of the population that's going to believe like, wow, the guy from Parks and Recs is a rapist. Even though when you read the details of that story, that was really weird because she was talking about things that had nothing to do really too much with that encounter about not liking red wine versus white wine and and, you know, them watching TV and and things like that, their their chemistry with, with each other wasn't good. But to go from chemistry not being good to rape, that's a pretty that's a pretty wide, wide margin in that. So those are that's just an example that I wanted to kind of pay to that. And uh, I'm looking I'm looking to uh, probably in the future, we want to touch back on the story again, especially in the coming days when there's more information. I want to thank everyone that actually took the time to listen to this uh, podcast I'm looking forward to doing more in the future. Uh, so in, in regards to this moving forward, always, you know, reserve judgment until further notice. I want to thank everyone that's listened to this podcast. I'm looking forward to doing more. Again, my name is Jonathan Steele. Thank you for listening to Could You Be More Specific? And I'll see and talk to you guys real soon. Uh-huh.